Pastor Ricky as he comes. Good morning. As they're receiving the offering before I preach, I want to um, tell you, you may have noticed a little bit of construction going on in the nursery area. For those of you that don't frequent that area, you may not have noticed at all. But, um, but we have, uh, on Sunday afternoon, I was having a wonderful Father's Day. By the way, dads, did you have a good Father's Day? I was having a great Father's Day, and uh, my kids made me steak. Perfect, right? I mean, that's, that's it right there, that they made it, and they made it actually good. Like, you know, I'm so glad my kids have gotten past that burned toast and here's your Father's Day stage. Now they're making good steak, so that was good, and they paid for it. So that's even better. But uh, just enjoying that, and Pastor Simon called me, and I didn't quite pick up because the phone was over there, and, and then he called right back, and I went and grabbed the phone, and he said, Pastor, we've got a problem. I said, what's that? He said, we've got a flood. And I said, oh, it's okay, Simon. I know sometimes when it rains, you know, a little water comes in. Just kind of mop it up. He's like, no, Pastor. No, this is not that. <laughs> and uh, so then he sent me a video, and I said, oh, boy. So we mobilized and got some people to come out. But uh, basically from the Kids Town Blue Room all the way under the stage here, we had a nice little flood. And so we've got uh, quite a bit of damage that we're going through right now, and we've ripped out the nursery. Uh, praise God, we, I don't think we're going to have to rip out too much else other than some baseboard and things like that. But uh, then that was like, okay, God, we got this, right? That's, that's okay. We've been wanting to remodel the nursery anyway. So what a, what a great excuse, right? And uh, then we knew we had an issue with one air conditioning unit, and the AC guys came out, and we have two air conditioning units out. Can somebody just say praise the Lord? No, I mean say praise the Lord. Because he said when you face trials of many kinds, <laughs> rejoice, look up, something is about to happen. So this is what I want us to do. I want us to stand right now and I want us to agree together. Now we've already got one of the um, AC units fixed and uh, just haven't got the bill yet. But uh, they told me around what it was going to be. And we don't have the full bill for the rebuild and everything over here. But how many of you know, we don't even have to know that right now. Because God knows it. God has it. So this is what I want us to agree. I want us to specifically agree that God will move with favor upon New Day Church, upon the city. And I won't go into all that. But upon the city, upon just people, that God would move upon people's hearts. And here's the second part of that. And God, if you don't want to use anybody, then bring it from heaven. Because my Bible says that when Peter had a money problem, that he went to Jesus and he said, go fishing. And wouldn't that be cool, guys, if that's what Jesus told us every time we had a money problem, go fishing. But I believe that if God can bring the coin out of a fish, then he can do it however he wants. Amen? So let's agree together. We've done this as a body in the past, and we have seen God move in amazing ways. And I believe he's going to do it again. Amen? God, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. This little flood didn't take you by surprise. These two air conditioning units didn't take you by surprise. God, none of this took you by surprise. And so we thank you that even ahead of time, you were already doing the work, God, and you've been working behind the scenes. So we come into agreement right now with you and with your word that favor flows through this house. Your house, this favor flows. 
flows. God, that it flows to the city officials. It flows to insurance companies. It flows wherever it needs to go, God, where it's, there seems to be no way. God, make a way in Jesus' name. And if you choose not to use an individual or individuals or governments or whatever, God, then God, would you do something supernatural in Jesus' name? And we will stand here and we will know, God, that it was you who did it. God, we thank you for providing for all of our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. You know, it was exciting this camping trip. Uh, Jim, actually, I won't tell his testimony, but he told me a story of literally how he came to a point in his life. You remember this? He, we were sitting across the campfire talking about this, and he told me about a time in his life when he had a need, and that was on a Thursday, or that was on a Friday into Saturday, and then on Tuesday, the need was completely met. And when he prayed, he realized, as Tuesday as the need was met, that God had already wrote the check on Thursday. Is that right? He'd already written the check on Thursday. The need was already met before he even prayed. And I'm believing God for the same. Amen? Would you turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8? Oh, that's right. Thank you, Joni, for reminding me. Um, Joni reminded me that we have a new member. I know that you didn't hear about the membership class, uh, but we do have a new member of New Day Church. And that new member comes through Daniel and Elena. So would you just welcome little Cypress Akiana to New Day Church? <laughs> You'll have to check him out. He's, he's just as cute as the other kids. It's awesome. Look at Acts chapter 8. I want to talk for a few minutes about something that, uh, that we've been kind of going through. And I know that some of you think, oh, Acts again. I get that. But this is one story we actually, I realized on Wednesday night and on Sunday, we really haven't covered this one very well, if at all. And uh, really, it has nothing to do with that we're studying Acts on Wednesday. It's just that as I was studying and as I was hearing the voice of the Lord speak to me about some things, this just became the perfect example for what we want to talk about. Um, This is Philip's ghost story. For those of you that weren't here a couple of weeks ago, Uh, We're talking about Holy Ghost stories, stories of God's intervention in people's lives. And this is Philip's, just one of his ghost stories. Now, if you remember, Philip uh, was not a, a disciple of Jesus in the sense that he didn't walk with Jesus that we know of. He wasn't an apostle. He was a deacon chosen back in Acts chapter 6, along with Stephen and five others, that the church chose to lead the ministry towards the widows. And as he was leading this uh, feeding ministry along with Stephen, Stephen was martyred, as we know, and then the disciples scattered and the church scattered, except for the apostles, they stayed in Jerusalem. Well, Philip was one of those that scattered. And as we read through Acts, we see earlier in Acts chapter 8 that Philip had an incredible revival among the Samaritan nations. And literally, or Samaritan towns, literally what Jesus said, that, that you begin in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and all in the uttermost parts of the world. So Philip began to fulfill that prophetic word by Jesus of going into the Samaria and seeing great harvest and mighty revival. In fact, earlier in the chapter, the revival was so great that the Bible says the entire city rejoiced. The entire city rejoiced. 
I got to tell you, in my lifetime, I've never seen a revival that affected the city so much that it rejoiced. Now, I know that there are some. I know that there have been some. And even now, there seems to be one in some different areas that, that are beginning to happen. But I mean, an entire city rejoiced that the gospel was preached and that people were saved. That's the kind of revival Philip was coming out of and that we're going to come into. Look at verse 16. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandike, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, I don't know if you caught a couple of things there, but a couple of things real quick. First of all, Philip was led by an angel and by the voice of the spirit. Look at it. First of all, an angel came to him. Now, you say, why an angel? Why did Philip need an angel from the Lord to appear to him to tell him to go down to a certain road? Remember what we just talked about earlier in the chapter. There was revival breaking out in Samaritan cities so great that the entire cities were rejoicing. Now, I don't know about you, but if revival breaks out, and when revival breaks out at New Day Church, and in the entire city of Southlake is rejoicing because of what God is doing, you're going to have a hard time prying me away. Hello? I mean, and here Philip is having this powerful encounter, having powerful things happen. And who wants to leave that? So God sent an angel and said, hey, you work for me. <laughs> you work for Jesus. Your next assignment is down the road. So he took him from literally a harvest of thousands to seek out one. A harvest of thousands to seek out one. But all the angel did was give him minor instructions. Minor instructions. Go down the road. But then when he starts on that road, then the Spirit speaks. You see, what, what, what I've noticed is sometimes we want angels when a voice of the Spirit will do. Sometimes we ask God for certain things, and we want these big, massive encounters. We want God to speak from the heavens. We want an angelic speak, you know, to speak to us. We want this dream or this vision. And I have no problem with those things. I believe in them. But can I just say this? If we will train our ear to hear the voice of the Spirit, maybe we'll have angelic encounters when we don't ask for them. By the way, I don't think Philip was asking for it. But Philip, listen. And remember, we've talked about the specificity of the voice of the Spirit. That's what I'm asking God for. God specifically spoke and said, now that you're on the road, go to that chariot and stay near it. But again, do you notice he doesn't tell him exactly what to do? He says, go near the chariot. 
Have you ever had a time in your life when, when God spoke to you and you knew he spoke to you, but it wasn't until after the experience that you understood what he was saying in the first place? Be a part of this church. God, I don't, I don't, why do I want to be a part of this church? I don't really know. I mean, it's not my style. It's not my thing. Be a part of this church. Well, God, why do you want me to move to Texas? I mean, I know you want us to plant a church, but God, you got to give us more than that. So God did give us some more than that, but he didn't give us a lot. He didn't give us everything. He didn't tell it to us all. In fact, if you really want to go back to the origin of the story of how we came to Texas, it was on a Sunday morning when we were in services. And by the way, a good friend of mine that used to be the worship pastor there, and I was the youth pastor in Florida, stopped by the church this morning. He was on his way to a different church to do some ministry, and he had to stop by. And our worship team got to meet him. It was a really fun experience. This guy is top shelf. He In Florida, he worked his way up as the worship pastor there, and then he became the worship director of over Penn, Florida District of the Assemblies of God. And now that he's in uh, Washington, D.C., now he's about to step into the role of worship director for the Potomac District of the Assemblies of God. This guy is just, he's sharp all the way around. And even today, just begin to speak into the lives of our worship team. It was awesome. But I was thinking about that because so much happened to us in Florida, but there was one moment where Joshua, who was here today, was actually leading worship. And I was sitting on the front row, and of course, as a member on staff, as a youth pastor, I had to be in every service. We had three services on Sunday morning. So I was in that early service, and then I was in that later service, and Joni came in and sat next to me on the front row, and we heard the voice of the Lord at the same time, and the same thing. And he said, will you trust me? And I began to cry. Joni began to cry. I looked at her. I said, did God speak to you? She said, yes. She said, did God speak to you? I said, yes. She said, what did he say? And I said, you go first. <laughs> and it was the same exact words. Do you trust me? And those simple little words, we knew that God was saying, I'm about to take you on a road that you don't know all the details of. Sometimes God does that. Sometimes he's very specific and says very specific things. Sometimes he's more general. But you know what? If you'll tune your ear in, he'll lead you all the way. So he said, go down the road. Now go over to that chariot. And then it says here, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? Watch this. Philip had to run to obey and listen to understand. Sometimes God requires us to run. Sometimes God requires us to, at this point, it was like now I've got to run up to that chariot. I've got to catch up to the chariot. I mean, why didn't God lead him a few minutes earlier where he kind of headed him off? I don't know. But at this point, Philip had to run to catch up to that chariot that he saw. And as he's running alongside the chariot, all of a sudden he hears the man speaking Isaiah out loud. Some commentators say this must have been a common thing. I don't know. All I know is that this guy in this chariot that Philip yet does not know is reading Isaiah out loud. And he calls up to the... Can you imagine this? <laughs> we, don't, we don't understand chariots, do we? I mean, so let's take it this way. Let's say the guy's on a bicycle. And he's riding through town on a bicycle. And you run up next to the bicycle. 
And he's got his version app on, and it's reading the Bible to him on Isaiah. And he runs up, and he runs next to him, and he's like, I don't know who that guy is. I'm just going to keep listening to Isaiah. And he says, do you understand what that's saying? <laughs> mm. Let's find out. Verse 31. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Well, that wouldn't work with the bicycle at that point. But anyway, so let's get back to the chariot. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Watch this. The eunuch, we know because of scripture, had been at Jerusalem worshiping the Lord. Most likely, he was a Gentile believer in Jehovah God. Most likely. He could have been an actual Jew because there is a theory that says the Queen of Sheba that visited Solomon, that supposedly Solomon and the Queen of Sheba may have had children. We don't know that. But that could have been part of that. And so there could have been Jews actually in Ethiopia in those areas. But at the very least, we know he was a believer, a worshiper of Jehovah. But as a eunuch, his condition would forbid him from going into the temple. He would have to stay out in the Gentile courts and worship from afar. What happened out in those Gentile courts? Let me tell you what happened. Debate. Arguments. And what was going on in Jerusalem at that time? Thousands of people had come to Christ and proclaimed Christ as the Messiah. And now persecution has come and they're being scattered. So can you imagine the discussions that are going on in those Gentile courts? This is not far-fetched. This is actual history. And so they're arguing about who is the Christ, who is the Messiah. And one's over here saying, well, you know that Jesus guy, I mean, I really believe maybe he did raise from the dead. Look at all what's happening. And others are like, oh, no, you've got to be kidding me. No, Isaiah was talking about himself. And they were debating Scripture. And as this man is contemplating these things, God sends Philip to help him understand exactly what was going on. And Philip begins to open the scripture to Jesus. Can I tell you something? Even the Old Testament can lead people to Jesus. Even the Old Testament will lead people to Jesus. When we're in our time with Revive Texas, during our time there, they developed a full Old Testament along with the New Testament scripture with the armband and everything so that you could flip the armband and on the other side of the armband were the Old Testament passages that coincided with the New Testament passages. Why would they do that? Because how many of you know Jewish people won't listen to the gospel in the New Testament? But they'll listen to the prophets. They'll listen to the law. And how many of you know the law and the prophets pointed to Jesus? Every Jewish festival points to Jesus. Passover feast points to Jesus. All of it points to Jesus. And as he began to share the scripture with him, it says this in verse 36. As they were traveling down the road, the man said, Look, here's a pool of water. Why don't I get baptized right now? 
Now, I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation, but I want you to see this, that in that discussion with Philip, Philip must have even told him at that point, one of the things is John the Baptist was the forerunner, and he came baptizing, and he explained all of that to him. And it says in verse 37, Philip replied, If you believe with all your heart, I'll baptize you. And the man answered, I believe that Jesus is the anointed one, the Son of God. Verse 38, the Ethiopian stopped his chariot and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. They went down in the water and Philip baptized him. You go down in the water to die and you come up to live. Can somebody say hallelujah? I have no problem with traditions that sprinkle, but as I had a discussion with somebody this weekend, that's not the biblical way. They went down in the water representing their death in Christ, or their death to sin, and they came up out of the water alive to Christ, just as Jesus had done, just as John the Baptist taught. And we move on, and it says, when they came up out of the water, Philip was suddenly snatched up. Somebody say snatched up. That's pretty cool. Snatched up by the Spirit of the Lord and instantly carried away to the city of Ashdod, where he reappeared preaching the gospel in that city. The man never saw Philip again. Wow. He returned to Ethiopia full of great joy. What is it with joy? What is it with people getting set free, saved, and being full of joy? How many of you know joy is a fruit of the Spirit? Being dipped in prune juice is not... But being full of joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And I believe that joy should be a part of our lives. And if we don't have joy, then maybe we need to go back to the joy of our salvation. Come on, somebody. And realize what He brought us from and where He's bringing us to. And here He was. He was full of joy. The guy just disappeared. But he's still full of joy. Why? Because his hope wasn't in Philip. His hope was now found in Jesus. Philip, however, traveled on into all the towns of that region, bringing them good news until he arrived at Caesarea. Wow. I love this. I just so much love this. That Philip was translated like Ezekiel in Ezekiel 3, 11 through 15. Philip was translated just like Elijah was on the chariots of fire. I mean, you can talk about this and we understand that God will do whatever he wants. And the purpose of him being translated was not so that he could write cool books and create movies about it. The reason he was translated is because God needed him somewhere else quick, about another 15 miles down the road, and he didn't have enough time for him to run a half marathon to get there. Come on, somebody. He needed him there now, and so he did a supernatural work. Why is it so hard for us to believe that when we're walking in the Spirit, that God won't do something supernatural? God wants to do something supernatural. And I believe that whenever, wherever, however, the Holy Spirit wants to invade our lives, we need to give Him permission. We need to give Him permission. We just heard Philip's ghost story about how that he literally 
had a power encounter with God, led him by an angel and by the voice of the Spirit to one man that we'll talk about in a minute. We'll come back to him. And the impact that that one man would make in his life. But Philip was led to one man by the power of the Spirit and then translated, boom, into another place. Right now, I want you to hear a story that maybe didn't include translation, but it does does include something pretty cool. So, Wes, would you come tell your ghost story? Let's welcome Wes. Yeah, just tell about that truck encounter. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what was that, about a year and a half ago? Mm-hmm. So, we had been coming to this church for a while, and I had been praying to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I kept coming up to altars, and people would pray over me, and you know, nothing, nothing would happen. I wanted it to be real and genuine. And, um, but we, one day we're driving here. We were actually going to Lamb. It was during that Love After Marriage conference. And I had this experience driving down the highway in the truck where I just started seeing a bunch of wild stuff from the Lord. And he showed me, like, the truck on fire and going, going down the highway. And it was, um, it was a pretty wild. And that didn't wild, scare you? No, no, it didn't scare me. <laughs> um, and then when we pulled into the parking lot here, right out there in the parking lot, is when I started speaking in tongues, and it was, uh, it was incredible. Um, and, you know, since then, because how many of you know, like, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the speaking in tongues is, is awesome, but it's so much more than that, too. Yes. Right? And so since then, I feel like that has just allowed me to have a very intimate one-on-one relationship where I can see from the Lord and hear from him Amen. and speak to him. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my Amen. ghost story. Well, before you go, Tina was in the truck as well, correct? Oh, yeah. Now, was she seeing fire? Was she seeing the truck on fire? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she wasn't seeing the truck on fire. But you could feel it. Yeah. You, you just sense that. Tina had already been baptized in the Spirit, yes. but yet there was just this all of a sudden, this, this, the presence of God filled that truck. Absolutely. Yep. And, and so, so God allowed you to wait till you parked, and then boom. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, too, it was, there was a, you know, I had to give up a little bit, you know? Yeah. There had to be a, a full surrender that I probably wasn't ready for um, before that moment. And God had been yeah. working on you, not only your marriage. Yeah. But God had also been specifically working on you, which when God works on you, then it works on your marriage. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I just was waiting for the amen there. (laughs) So God had been working on you and y'all's marriage, and then there were some times of, like, just during that lamb seminar that you just gave up some stuff and said, God, here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, boom, the supernatural followed. Mm -hmm. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. Give it up for Wes. (laughs) Amen. You know... I said this a couple of weeks ago, that new wine is the gateway drug to the things of the Spirit. And I hope you're seeing that more and more, that even if we gave Wes some more time, he would tell you that from that experience, from that supernatural baptism of the Spirit, it's opened up so many other things. The prophetic, discernment, other gifts have been opened up because of that experience. You see, here's the thing I want you to hear. This is not the first truck story I've ever heard. In fact, we had a, um, a secretary at uh, Victorious Life in Florida, and 
her name is Alicia, and she was a wonderful young lady, just full of the joy of the Lord, just full of peace, just always walked around, uh, just, I mean, everywhere she went, people just really loved her. Uh, and, and she was a great young woman, but she really desired to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she had some things in her life from her past that she just kind of needed to do the same thing, just surrender to the Lord. So she finally did, and she said she was literally, this is her testimony, she was traveling into the office one morning, and as she's traveling in her little truck, she said very similar thing, that she said just the Spirit of God just filled, the, filled that cab of that truck. So she began to weep, and she said it was so strong she had to pull over and park on the side of the road. And as she was worshiping Jesus, the Lord gave her her spirit language, and she began to speak in other tongues. And from that moment on, literally changed the trajectory of Alicia's life. It was awesome. I don't know why God wants to fill people in trucks, but I'm thinking about getting one just to have it. You know, here's the thing. As we walk or drive the road of God's will, He will interrupt our planned paths if we allow Him to. You see, here's, here's where I want to get to. Here's the crux of this message today. God can do what He wants to do whenever He wants to do it. Somebody say, whenever. You see, God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. But how many of you know it's not always our timing? We, we can look back and go, wow, that was good timing, but God, could you have done it here when I really wanted it? Or could you have done it here when I was really at a really awesome place? Why at this time? Let God do whatever He wants, whenever He wants. Philip was walking to his next assignment when God interrupted his own assignment. Do you see what I did there? Philip was going in a direction. He was, he was doing the work of God. And God interrupted that and said, Hey, I got another assignment. But God, I'm, I'm happy right here. But, but I need you to do this right now. So take a break and just go for a walk. Sometimes God is looking for, for us to say, God, whenever. Can you just close your eyes right now and just say that? Just say, God, whenever. It's your timing. Whenever you want. Part of our problem is we're looking at the short run, and God's looking at the long run. I believe, and, and maybe you're noticing some things, I'll talk about it some other time, but God's looking for some ultra-marathoners. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, he says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on who? Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus has already run the race. For the joy set before him, there's that joy word again. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How many of you know that's the ultimate goal? I want to say something that I don't want to upset anybody, but the ultimate goal is not to live to 100. The ultimate goal is to sit down at the right hand of Jesus with the Father. 
That's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate prize. That's the gold I'm looking for. That's the ring I'm looking for to be put on my head is when he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've run your race. Now rest. 1 Corinthians 9 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Paul says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize whenever. God, come. I'm not looking for the short run. I'm looking for the long race, God. I'm in this for the long haul. So whenever you want to interrupt my plans, whenever you want to come in and say it's time to speak to that coworker, whenever you want to come in and say it's time to go knock on that neighbor's door, whenever you want to come in and just, just take over my devotional time, God, whenever you want to come on a Sunday morning and just take over New Day Church, you come do it, Holy Spirit, whenever you want. Come, Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be at the most unlikely times. My father-in-law is here, and I'm so grateful for my father-in-law and mother-in-law. I'm so glad that they're here today. Come on, let's give it up for them. He's, he's, he's got a heart of an evangelist. Yes, he, we call him pastor, and he's got a heart of a pastor, but really his heart burns for evangelism. He spent so many years out of the last 50 years plus years of ministry on the evangelistic field, crossing the nation, going into the nations, preaching the gospel. That's so much on his heart. And I can tell you that there were times when it didn't seem convenient. In fact, I'm, I don't want to tell his story, so maybe you can do that on the classic service to tell part of this. But I remember I was his youth pastor in Montana. I was a pretty happy guy. We were having a good ministry. Revival was breaking out in our church. And God spoke to dad and said, go back on the evangelistic field. He came and told us that as his staff and as as his sons and daughters. And we said, what? Do you not see this church is exploding? People are getting saved. I mean, we would have altar services. We would have services that would last four and five and six hours. And I know that doesn't sound like revival to everybody. But man, when you don't want to leave, because the presence of God was so thick. Some of the best stories I've got are from that time frame. So much was happening. And we said, well, could you just go out once a month? You know, we'll preach. You go out once a month and do that. He's like, no, God has spoken. This is what I'm to do. God will show up whenever, and sometimes it seems like in the most inconvenience and, and, and the, the time that doesn't work for you, let me tell you, it's His timing. Just don't go based on your emotion. Go based on your spirit. Let me say that again in a different way. Don't go based on your soulish emotions. Well, I don't know if I'm being fed. I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like this house anymore. Forget all that. Go by the Spirit. I'm talking about spirit direction not soulish direction. I mean, let me move quickly here. Not only whenever, but wherever. Somebody say wherever. wherever. The places that God chooses to pour out His Spirit are not always the obvious ones. Just like it's not always the obvious times, it's not always the obvious places. Philip left a revival to obey God's voice. But can I tell you this, rest of that part of the story, at least a little bit of it. We're pretty sure that... The reason that Ethiopia 
became a Christian nation by 330 A.D. is because of this one eunuch. That literally, by Philip ministering to him, and he took that gospel back to, to that nation, that literally, within just a few generations, the entire nation was a Christian nation. Not just a nation, but how many of you know, entire continent. Did you know that today, 2,000 years, I recognize that, but 2,000 years later, that Africa, that most missiologists are saying that Africa as a whole continent, that 50% will be Christians, will be saved. I'm not talking about Constantine-type Christianity. I'm talking about spirit-type Christianity. That 50% will be saved within the next 10 years. Wow. And many historians place it all the way back to this one eunuch. We'll talk about him again in a minute. Some of you have heard of Brownsville Assembly of God in Pensacola. Brownsville Assembly of God was known more for programs and preaching than for revival and outpouring in the late 80s and early 90s. By the pastor's own admittance, I've heard him say it multiple times, he didn't like how predictable and stale his own church had become. And in 1993, he began to have a prayer meeting. It was a simple prayer meeting. It was one day a week for a couple of hours. And he began to seek God. And then he gathered some people. They began to seek God. He had just lost his mother. And he asked his friend and fellow missionary, Steve Hill, to come and preach. He actually, Steve Hill was supposed to just do a missionary window like we do here. Just to tell a little bit of the stories. But he said, I am so worn out. I just buried my mom this week. I'm just tired. Can you just go ahead and take the pulpit, Steve? And Steve took the pulpit that day and began to preach and told his own ghost story about a powerful encounter he had recently had at Holy Trinity Brompton Church in England where the Holy Spirit touched him powerfully and changed him. And as Steve Hill began to preach in that service, the Spirit broke out. They said that literally that the river of God was not just a, a thing that they said, but they felt an actual river under their feet to where they said that it would hit their knees and they would almost go out. They said it felt like standing in the middle of a raging river. And as that happened, that Sunday night, they had that, that service went into about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. They said, everybody go home, take a break. We'll be back in two hours. And they had another service. And those services, they said, went then Monday, then Tuesday, then Wednesday, then Thursday, then Friday, then Saturday, the next Sunday. After about three weeks, Steve Hill and Kilpatrick said, something's going on. <laughs> something's happening. And they, Steve Hill canceled all of his future ministry. He was about to go to Russia. He canceled all that. And for the next five plus years, it actually went for almost ten, but with Steve Hill leading it, for five years, they had constant revival. Over 250,000 people came to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Over 4 million visitors. They didn't keep count or record, but literally tens of thousands of people healed of cancer, of autism, of incurable diseases. 
Tens of thousands of people baptized in the Holy Spirit and called into ministry. One of our own young people that we took to Brownsville in those days was instantly delivered of a heroin addiction in one second. We We saw it. We knew this girl. We watched it happen. We ourselves got a fresh fire for ministry. I'm telling you, something happened in that day on Father's Day, 1995. This is from their website. They still have this on their website from their history. We cannot tell you why God chose this place or this time for such a mighty move of His Spirit. All we can say to you is that we, like you, are hungry. And now know that we will always want more of God. We yearn for His presence and feel incredibly honored that He chose to visit this place. As Pastor Kilpatrick urged our congregation during the early years of revival, we seek to always guard what, we, what would be a blessing to the Holy Spirit and that the dove would never fly away. Wherever. Can we just close our eyes for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, come and land here. Holy Spirit, we are open to you here. We are hungry for you here. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you want, whenever you want, you are welcome. You are welcome. However, not just whenever, not just wherever, but the Holy Spirit will come however He wants. I mean, think about this. The Spirit speaking to Philip to go to the chariot was amazing. But the Spirit snatching Philip away? Wow. Setting him down 15 miles away like an Oklahoma F5 tornado? I mean, it's incredible. Don't limit what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you. Church, we limit the Holy Spirit by saying, well, I can't do that. Well, I just, I just don't know about that. I don't understand that. Some people are so afraid of a move of God because they're afraid that they're going to get out of control. Can I tell you something about that? That's the exact reason you need it. We've been far too in control of our own lives. And when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we have to give up control. Why do people shake? Why do people fall down? Why do people laugh? Why do people weep uncontrollably? Can I even say it? Why do people even speak in tongues? The reason I believe part of it at least is because God wants control. And it's an outward manifestation of what's happening inward in our hearts. I mean, look at some of the scriptures. Mighty rushing wind, tongues of fire, rivers of living water, chariots of fire, still small voice, overwhelming joy, dancing, singing, prophecy, glossolalia, miracles, temporary blindness, the weightiness of His glory, laughter, deep peace. We could go on and on and on about what God has done. It's time to say, Holy Spirit, come however you want. You cannot pin one single manifestation on the Holy Spirit and say that's the only way He moves. Can I tell you what happens? And I've seen this. I've been around long enough. 
When we say, Holy Spirit, this is the way you move and it's the only basic way you move. And if I know that this is the way you move, then I'm okay with that. Then the Holy Spirit, I have seen Him do it, will cease to move that way. Just to spite us. (laughs) Just to say, "Uh uh-uh. I'm a God of the hills and I'm a God of the valleys. I'm a God of all and I will come however I want. Let me say this before we finish in prayer. Not only however, but whoever. We would say today the Ethiopian eunuch was worthy to hear the gospel just like any other man, woman, or child. But as I alluded to earlier, the Jews didn't see him that way. They said, you're not worthy to come into the inner courts. He wasn't considered clean by Jewish standards. And I dare say that being a Gentile worshiper of God, he may have been rejected by many in his home and in his town. Plus, you add to that, he was the treasurer. (laughs) Nobody likes the treasurer, no offense. Because those who hold the money, right? It's like, oh, they hold the power. He wouldn't be very liked by the people around him. But Jesus saw him and sent Philip to him. Can I tell you right now? You're a whosoever. Whosoever will. God loves you. And he wants to fill your life. Holy Spirit, come and do whatever you want, wherever you want, whenever you want, however you want, to whoever you want. Lord, would you include me in that whoever? I want us to stand for a moment. I want us to lift our hands. I want us to make this our prayer this morning. You can pray the prayer on the screen or you can just pray your own prayer. But Holy Spirit, come and do whatever you want, wherever you want, whenever you want, however you want. I'm open, Holy Spirit. I'm a whosoever. God, this church... We seek you. God, it's not about status. God, it's not about who sees us or who knows us. God, but we come before you. We come before you, even as the Samaritan woman coming, saying, even the dogs are worthy of the scraps off your table. But you haven't called us dogs, God. You've called us sons. You've called us daughters. So we cry out to you, O God, saying, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you invade our children, God? God, would you invade our young people, God? God, would you invade this place with your presence and your power? 
God, we're not looking for another Brownsville. We're saying do it however you want to do it, God. But we know that you've done it before and we know you'll do it again. God, we want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of this end time harvest. We want to be a part of the end time move of God. I'm here to say and prophesy with others that before Jesus sounds that trumpet, there has been a great revival that has been going on throughout the earth. There have been nations that have been changing and turning. Don't be distracted by what's going on in the government with Iran. Iran is the fastest growing church in the world right now. God is doing a work and the enemy is, is, is trying to distract from what God wants to do in that nation. God is continuing to move through China to where in the next few years, China will be the largest church in the world by far. God is moving among the nations. But I'm here to prophesy He will not leave America out. America shall be saved in Jesus' name. America shall experience the power, the power and the presence of God once again. We will experience another great awakening. God has not forgotten the prayers. God has not forgotten the remnants. God has not forgotten the gifts that have been sent around the world to the poor. And God has not forgotten the gospel that we have sent around the world to every nation under the sun. God will not forget America. Do not believe the naysayers. Revival is coming to America again. Revival is coming to America again. And my people who are called by my name, if you will humble yourselves and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and I will pour out my spirit once again upon you. My child, you have a choice to make today and in this hour and in this time. Do you want to be a part? Or do you want to be outside? Choose. Choose you this day whom you will seek. Your will or my will, says the Lord. Choose this day that you will seek me with all your heart when you seek me. Choose this day that you will choose me over everything else in your life. And I will make you part of the end time harvest that I am calling. I'm calling forth laborers into the harvest. Go therefore. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. God, I say yes to you. As for me and my house, we will follow you. As for me in this church, we will follow you. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. 
Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, felt like as pastor was just kneeling down and saying yes that we as a congregation should respond as well and if you're willing to say yes <laughs> mm. would you make a trip to this altar and would you tell the Lord would you just renew your commitment to him to just say yes Jesus God to your will and to your way God Lord yes to whatever you want God in my life however you want to use me whenever you want to use me God, we would say yes. So if you're willing to do that, would you just come to the altar? Would you come and say yes to him?
I'm going to have Dad close us out in prayer in just a minute, but I really feel like I need to say this. I don't believe you can earn. I just don't. I don't believe you can earn revival. But I do believe you can set your sail to catch the wind of the Spirit when He comes. It doesn't sound different, but it is. A few weeks ago, Brother Jean Borchabel, who is right now in ministry and across the world, came to me and asked about starting a prayer ministry, prayer time. And we began on Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. I know that because of the Metroplex and where everybody lives, that can't always be practicable. We're here. Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. We're going to make that starting this week available on Facebook Live. If you can't join us physically in the building, then join us on Facebook Live. If you don't have Facebook, let Joseph know, Pastor Joe. He'll do a call in. He'll figure out something. But I want us to begin to seek the Lord. And then this Wednesday, we've been having a powerful study in the book of Acts. We'll continue. But this Wednesday specifically, I believe we need to set aside a time of prayer for this very purpose. So even if you're not used to coming on Wednesday nights, come Wednesday night from 7 to 8 and let's have a time of seeking the Lord. If you are used to coming and you love the Bible study, that's great. But let's set aside time this Wednesday from 7 to 8 to just seek the Lord while he may be found. I feel like there's something stirring. There was a prophecy given at district council. Now it's been a little over two weeks ago. And Joni and I took it and we said, we want that. That's what we just believed it was for us. Pastor Matthew Barnett was preaching. He said, I don't know that I've ever done this. He said, but I just feel like the Lord is saying in the next 30 days, everything's going to change. Joni and I felt a witness of that immediately. I believe that. I believe that. Would you just continue to pray with us that God does something? And then that word that Pastor Joe gave, that it's now. God's doing something. Listen, we don't have to have, I mean, I want it, but we don't have to have people on the floor all over the place this morning. It's great. But that's not what it's about. It's about whatever he wants. It's about however he wants to do it. Holy Spirit, we are saying to you, we will not just be a Sunday morning church. We will be an all-week church. We'll be an everyday church. God that wants to seek you and find you. And we will see your kingdom come and your will be done. You agree with that? Dad, would you close us out? Could be dangerous asking me to dismiss in prayer. It's so easy to leave church and then go about our way and do, you know, do our thing. I just want to tell you to stay hungry. Just stay hungry. God, I want more. God, I'm not satisfied. Don't get satisfied. Father, in the name of Jesus, may we give the Holy Ghost freedom in our individual lives on a 24-7 basis. Father, we'll give you praise and honor and glory. 
Dismiss us, Lord, but not from thy presence. We'll give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.